Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast with one less member. Singular wave. Katie has found a better opportunity, uh, which is going on holiday. And uh, I completely understand. You know, you've got to take some time, haven't you? Especially over the summer break. And, uh, well, she's not the only one taking time. Every other F1 team seems to be taking time as well, as we're not getting any news. That'll be the first question coming up. But, Tommy, how are you enjoying your summer break? You've been a little bit ill, haven't you, the last few days? I have. I've been. It, it's, it's definitely me going, there's no F1, so you might as well just be ill now and then get better for when F1's back. That's good timing. You know, you're you're yeah. absolutely committed to the cause. Your immune system is committed. <laughs> not to the cause. not for my life, for work. Yeah, yeah. Although Just F1. for work, F one is my life. So yeah. Yeah. same here. <laughs> anyway, so of course we are very much towards the end of the summer break now. Um, but we thought we'd do a podcast to kind of answer some of your questions, albeit there's uh, not a huge amount because nothing's really changed. But there have been a few uh, snippets and things going on. So uh, we'll start straight away, shall we, Tommy? Let's do it. You know, a little bit of nod, lovely. Right, first uh, question comes from Team WTF1 member R Done Zero. Uh, they say, has this been one of the quietest summer breaks in terms of F1 news, driver transfers, etc., ever? I mean, I don't have a statistical graph of the amount of pieces <laughs> of news that has come out uh, over each season, but it's been... Very quiet. I'm not. Are summer breaks usually really busy? Probably wouldn't. I don't think they're normally so. wired because they do have the the shutdown, don't they? Where they're not allowed. The teams are literally aren't allowed to do anything for I think it's two of the weeks, and then the other two weeks they are allowed to actually get back and do and things, say things, and, and say yeah. things. And I'm sure the Daniel Ricardo news of him going to Renault that time was in the summer break and no one was really expecting it. It was absolutely crazy. And I'm sure a lot of people have been thinking that because of that, maybe this is where we get the um, George to Mercedes news or something like that. But nope, not anything like that. Just, well, races getting cancelled. Sad times. Yeah, we will get onto that. Lovely little segue, actually, Tommy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it... I, as you say, that they're not allowed to work anyway. And a lot of the times they shut down their social media as well, don't they, for a little while and, you know, just wave goodbye and maybe have a few automated things going out. But uh, yeah, no George Russell news because, well, I didn't think it was ever coming out in the summer break. I definitely didn't think it was coming out for the British Grand Prix. And uh, they're going to wait as long as they want to make that decision. And uh, it's probably for the best. Hanging on with a carrot on a stick uh, as he does everything and everything he possibly can to uh help them until the very last race when they go goodbye thanks for your help <laughs> we'll be uh <laughs> yeah. that's it thank you so much yeah. for, for doing thanks all, for time one hungry good job uh bye yeah <laughs> right next uh question michael grim grimwoo five says what track should replace suzuka or should f1 take the opportunity to give all the mechanics and support crew a well-earned rest now as much as i would love to say that f1 would just be like, you know what, guys, have the week off. I don't think, I think they will do everything they possibly can to try and fill that slot because money. But it's a difficult one. Of course, you know, this this whole double header at Cota, but then obviously Cota itself is up in the air. And that hasn't even been announced yet. That's like, is it not, that's just a rumor, right. isn't it? Well, well, well it's yeah. the worst, worst kept secret because it was on the F1 website. <laughs> <laughs> it actually, they changed it and then didn't expect that 
everyone on Twitter noticed these things. You only have to do one little mistake, like we did when we accidentally posted a draft about George Russell going to Mercedes that was just there, just in case it did happen, we didn't know anything, and it gets posted for three seconds, undo it, and of course, eagle-eyed people on Twitter, screenshot, post it, and you just can't get away with these things anymore. So you can't, everyone. no mistakes, no mistakes. No. Um, so yeah, there you go then. So obviously, Kota, not, not confirmed, but kind of confirmed, although things seem very up in the air, as we thought coming into this season that part of the world would probably be a difficult one to to get over there so um of course yeah they're with suzuka as well what are they going to replace it with well they had um because suzuka was part of the triple header between russia and turkey so russia turkey japan is quite a strange triple header it's not like it's maybe France and double Austria where it's very close yeah I mean they're, they're kind of close but not not really um yeah uh, the the thing with like replacing them now is they're running out of circuits rapidly I saw a few people yesterday saying oh what about you know things like Sepang and that's just that's just gone off the MotoGP calendar today that's been cancelled that's uh another part of the world that's struggling a lot with uh COVID cases again so we're running out of circuits and they were really adamant weren't they that I'm sure they said at the start of the year it will be 23 because I think we each made a prediction I can't remember how many we said at the start of the year but we each made a prediction of how many there probably would be um and there's other there's other tracks on there still um you know there's a, a TBC round which is still on there there's um, let's just race at TBC TBC well, it's yeah a great track it just <laughs> There's so many, yeah. I mean, so many more could could end up going off the calendar. Um, I just hope it gets sorted quickly because when you've got a championship as close as this one, you kind of want to know how many races are left and how much you need to push and etc. Not Whether, that they wouldn't push every weekend, no, but I seen. guess in terms of, um, I guess for the teams, it's more uh, with the, com- the components as well. You know, of course, they have limited. Uh, bits and pieces that they can use on the car and when they use up their allocation of five i can't i can't remember how many it is now of of certain bit i know it changes for for different parts of the car but you know they obviously use you know older engines for certain tracks but then they might get to a stage where they've actually saved too much because we've lost four or five races so i can imagine it's a bit of a a bit of a headache for for formula one teams uh this year and yeah it would be a shame wouldn't it because would it then taint an amazing season that we've had so far if we then only end up having 16 17 races or whatever and you know all of a sudden we're five or six away from the end of the season so it could be a very odd calendar if because we because it has been so congested because we you know the european leg has been manic um i'm sure crofty mentioned it in the last race that if you carry on from the back end of last year in with an actual calendar window there's been an obscene amount of races. Um, you know, had this massively packed schedule at the start of the year. And then imagine if, you know, we only go to like six, seven races for the for the end rather than the 12 that were expected. Uh, I'm sure Red Bull wouldn't mind uh, a few races dropping off, having their engine allocation. Um, they're they're, they're going to have to potentially take an engine penalty this year with Perez and um, Verstappen. So 
that they probably wouldn't mind a few <laughs> less races to yeah. save them. I mean, it depends, depends, I guess, how far behind or ahead they are of, of Hamilton and Mercedes uh, come that, that, that sort of uh, area of the, the calendar. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a difficult one. It's a sad one, of course. You know, safety is first in all of this. And, you know, we don't want them to push 23 races if it literally isn't safe to do so. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the sort of unknown, the uncertainty is, uh, must be very difficult uh, logistically to, to sort all of that out. But um, yeah, there's not many that spring to mind, is there, for replacing Suzuka in that part of the world? No, not if you end up going back to Europe, but then you have the, the problem with... Go to um, Fuji. The Nürburgring. Well, Japan, well Japan's... I guess, yeah, in general. Yeah, yeah I, was, I don't know why I said that. Like, Suzuka <laughs> is the only place they can't go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think... Yeah, you'd have to end up going to Europe again, but it's scarce. Europe in October is a bit. Well, we saw that in, was it the Nurburgring we went to in October last year, and it was freezing. very. It was single digits of temperature, wasn't it? And it was mm. it was very very cold. It's not to say it can't be done, um, but then there's the whole what ta- it what does it take for it to be an F1 World Championship, and you know they have to go to a certain oh, that, amount of continents. Yeah. There's all sorts of, of of talk, isn't there? But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's not a nice conversation to have because, of course, we want as many races as possible. But I guess at the same time, twenty three races packed as as closely as it was, uh, having a few cancelled won't be bad for for the for the crews and the the one uh, you know the guys working out there that have been absolutely sent you know to the absolute limits of their uh, stamina and you know at the end of the season they must be absolutely destroyed. We interrupt this WTF1 podcast for a very quick chat about one of our sponsors for this episode, Relief Band. We've all experienced that horrible feeling, haven't we? Whether it's in the backseat of a car, staring at your phone, after one too many on a night out with friends, or even just the anxiety of a workday. Nausea can ruin a day, force us to change our plans, and in the most severe cases, make us unable to function. For those of you who can relate, let me introduce you to Relief Band. Even if you don't get nauseous often, I'd try Relief Band for the anxiety benefits alone. It's the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. Anyone who deals with nausea knows how awful it is. You don't need me to tell you that. The product itself is 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, and provides all-natural relief with zero side effects for as long as needed. How it works is Relief Band stimulates a nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of the brain that controls nausea. Then it blocks the signal your brain is sending to your stomach, telling you that you are sick. It's not a product you want to miss out on. It'll bring you peace of mind and help you never worry about nausea again. As you're getting ready to take that summer road trip, hopping on the boat or just anxious about heading back into the office, we've got good news. Right now, Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for WTF1 listeners. If you go to reliefband.co.uk and use promo code WTF1, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So head to reliefband.co.uk and use our promo code WTF1 for 20% off plus free shipping. Right, let's get back to the podcast. Next question. I am the Highway 92 says, when do the FIA just admit defeat with the COVID cancellations and leave us all, leave us with a still respectable 20-ish races? They'll admit defeat when there's no tracks left to go to. Uh, I think, you know, as I say, it all comes down to money. They want to, you know, when they cancel races, it's not as simple as, oh yeah, it's fine. 
no problem. Like F1 made a massive loss yeah, yeah, last year, didn't they? Yastly. Yastly, last year. <laughs> uh, and they can't afford to keep doing that. So they need to have 23 races, I guess, to you know start to fill that hole that was from last year. So it is yeah. literally when they run out of options, isn't it? Yeah, because uh, I'm trying to think what race it would have been now. Um, what was the race that got cancelled and then replaced by Turkey? And then Turkey ended up dropping off itself. I can't remember because the calendar is... Yeah, Canada, Canada, I think. Yeah, Yeah, so Canada dropped off. And the fact that they changed it with Turkey, which wasn't really ready itself, just showed the desperation of how much they really want to just do that 23-race calendar. But then Turkey itself dropped off. And then another one dropped off. And then Turkey came back again very very strange i've lost i've lost track i know i know a lot of people we, we made a a calendar for 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 phones and people have said like can you can you update it but every time we update it something it changes. else changes exactly. so it's just it's really hard to we'll just leave blanks and then you can draw in the tracks when, uh, yeah. when they get announced because yeah it's constantly changing isn't it but i think yeah it's it's going to be a case of them running out of circuits to go to i can think of nurburgring Mugello, but then yeah it doesn't really work with the calendar maybe maybe abu dhabi with its new layout um or or i saw a few people joking this morning that you know we have four rounds at sakir because they've got multiple different layouts uh who knows i would i personally wouldn't mind seeing the uh sakir sprint track again the uh the oval not an oval track um but yeah they're they're slowly running out of of tracks and time exactly uh it's a it's a sad thing to see but yeah maybe next year we will have a more normal <laughs> calendar who knows but uh yeah it's, 2027 uh, maybe next year yeah we'll... i know it's the sad reality isn't it where it just constantly mm. gets gets better then it gets worse again um quickly just want to mention uh, we've just launched our Silverstone track experience uh, for Team WTF1 members. Essentially, you can uh, have a high-speed passenger ride in a race car around the full Grand Prix circuit at Silverstone, which is pretty cool in itself. Then you can also drive a track tour in your own car. doesn't matter if you don't drive, but obviously it'd be cool if you did. You can meet us, uh, which is probably the least the entire announcement as Q&A's there's breakfast lunch and afternoon tea afternoon tea with drinks throughout the day <laughs> uh, and there's also a state-of-the-art race simulator competition with great prizes to be won so if you want to find out more about the Silverstone track experience then click the link in the description below lovely next question at not Maddox H do you think the team who causes the crash should pay for the damages or do you think it's just a part of racing no I don't think they should pay because not has been saying this a lot hasn't he in the summer break i've seen it just opens up an absolute can of worms doesn't it then you know it doesn't then you know it's it's such a difficult thing because if there's a multiple car crash you know then who gets what and you know it's for me i don't think it should be that i think the driver obviously should be penalized and that's part of the punishment for crashing into another car but I think it gets very difficult and also probably a lot more arguments between teams if that became a thing. So I'm probably not a fan. It's unfortunate because, you know, it's, it's come up because of this cost cap and the very vocal people on it are Ferrari who have 
been crashed into by Stroll in the last race and Christian Horner, who's had two Mercedes wipe their cars out in the last two races. Ooh, um, interesting terminology there for the British Grand Prix incident. I don't <laughs> want to open that one up again. But. <laughs> no. Um, but but it's that being said, um, yeah, it is true because, you know, you mentioned, oh, interesting terminology like some people think it was Hamilton's fault some people don't think it's Hamilton's fault still so how do you draw the line because even though I think it's Hamilton's fault I don't think it's a hundred percent Hamilton's fault so yeah. does he pay 70 percent of the damage like how do you know what I mean how yeah because if it's a racing instant, it, it just then... seems one of those ideas that sounds great in theory because it's like okay it's not your fault so you don't have to pay so that's great but how would it actually work um, exactly because... it would it would have to come down to what the stewards decide and whose fault it is from the stewards surely because then if the steward gives if the stewards give hamilton a penalty then obviously they deem him at fault but if it's a less harsh penalty then they don't deem him as much at fault at, you know because that's the thing it's like they they take into account what the other car did as well and i'm sure because they didn't give him a drive through penalty or whatever they thought that verstappen could have done a tiny bit more to that's what formula 1 needs it. more more stewarding yay um <laughs> absolutely yeah, not no. um and yeah it would get you know imagine imagine if it did obviously mercedes ended up winning that race so they accepted the penalty um but they they were obviously still adamant that verstappen was part like or at fault it was his fault um and then you get that situation where you know you'd start having teams taking the other to court over whose fault it actually was because if if that incident did happen and it was and the FIA were like right okay you've got to Mercedes you now have to pay Red Bull 1.3 million pounds because that's how much it cost they'll be like well we don't think it was our fault so then it would go to court and then there'd be more and then and then the things like the Vettel disqualification would be happening every single week where we have these lingering penalties that go on for weeks and weeks and weeks and i do not want to see that because you want you want things decided there and then really exactly and where does it end as well you know because if that's going to be brought in then what if there's a pirelli tire failure which is completely not the team's fault and then a car crashes into the wall do the, do really the team minimal then, yeah yeah the really team start contact, waving around like, on the oh, seat yeah you've uh, one of the mechanics uh, accidentally tripped over the wing. That's 40p worth of damage. Can you pay us now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, literally. So I've, yeah. I've got a bit of paint that needs to you know, be redone. You need to pay for that. And I think um, also with that, if the teams then are holding this responsibility of not hurting other cars, we're going to get probably less interesting racing as well because surely the team's may also speak to their driver and say, well, look, we can't afford for you to have a crash with someone else and it be your fault because it's going to cost us a million or whatever. Because also, if you crash into someone, cause yourself damage, that's going to obviously be be a repair bill. And then also the car that you've just hit as well. So it's just a part of racing, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's the the teams that have... It's a big wake-up call, I guess, from the, the cost cap here and I guess something that maybe they didn't really have their head around at first and then have gone oh wow this costs a lot of money to us <laughs> and not our fault this isn't fair um 
It's just F1 teams complaining as they always do week in, week out about something or other, isn't it? And uh, this yeah. is just one of those things. Uh, I don't think, I personally don't think it will happen. It can't, I just, I don't even see how it could happen, even if it was a great idea and it was fair, but I don't think it is a good idea. If it's a really big problem for the entire grid, the only solution I see is F1 opening up the cost cap a little bit more by 10, 20 million or whatever. I don't know, but... Yeah, that's what probably is the only way they'd be able to fix that without having to then penalise other other teams. Anyway, that's uh, we'll see how that one unfolds. We quickly interrupt this WTF1 podcast for a very quick chat about one of our sponsors for this episode, ExpressVPN. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like going to the bathroom and not closing the door. But you might be asking yourself, why does everyone need a VPN? Well, internet service providers know every single website you visit. They can then sell this information to ad companies and tech giants who then use your data to target you. But why use ExpressVPN? Well, ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet, so your online activity can't be seen by anyone. It's as easy as closing the bathroom door. Fire up the app and click one button. It works on phones, laptops, even routers, so everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. I mainly use ExpressVPN on my phone to make sure that I am the most protected I can be when browsing online. So secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash WTF1 today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash WTF1. And you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash WTF1. Right, let's get back to the podcast. Uh, oh, God, that's an interesting name. At Huayo. 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 Go on, Tommy. Huayo. 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 Yeah. Heo Vitor Labres, sorry. Uh, does Nick de Vries deserve an F1 seat next year? Of course, Nick de Vries won the Formula E World Championship. Um, the first World Championship. Yeah, very recently. And uh, yeah, it's the first World Champion for, for Formula E. Uh, does he deserve a Formula One seat next year? <sighs> the thing is, Formula E is its own thing. I don't think it particularly proves your creden- credentials to go into Formula One. If anything, Formula 2 is a much better sort of idea, in my opinion, because obviously you race at normal tracks and Formula E is a very different motorsport series to Formula 1. Uh, does he deserve a Formula 1 seat? Of course, he won F2 as well, didn't he? Uh, he did win that, the championship. So, it, yeah. That, that, that was the me. year That uh, was the year that wasn't massively... Because obviously he was... Was he in the year of George Russell and Lando? No, that was the year they all left. Russell, yeah, he won the he won the twenty nineteen championship. So the year, but he was uh, in the twenty eighteen one as well, wasn't he? And he was, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like he wasn't up there with the the potential candidates. Then he beat Le, he beat Latifi to the championship. Yeah, which is not quite. So think <laughs> about what you what you. What I, you I mean, comparing it to the year before and where he finished in comparison to the young guns that are now in Formula One. He finished what... seventeen places above Nikita Mazepin. So that was something. F two, F two, twenty eighteen standings. Let's just let's just Two, pop that in. Where, I don't know where I was in twenty eighteen. That's Although, what I mean. That, that's that's what I'm like, saying. Tom. Was he a, was he that's, a rookie that's... then? Because that. Because that does help. I mean, personally, I think he's a he's a very good driver. I, I totally agree with you that not. Oh, he's fourth. Fair play. He was he fourth. Was, he was fourth. Um, and in that case, he was yeah. He was only seventeen points behind Lando. So in that case, yes, I think he's very good <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because he did he did well. You know, well in twenty eighteen, along 
those good drivers and then stepped up, won the championship. But I agree with you that F2, this is not to discredit Formula E, but at the end of the day, the Formula E championship, if anyone that watched Formula E, was absolutely insane. And 18 drivers could have won it going into the final race. And I think you won the title on 99 points. So you only have to win four races DNF from the entire season and you win the championship. That's how mad it was. Mercedes ended up winning the constructors and I think they DNF from about eight races or something. And the title, um, the two title rivals crashed right at the start of the, the race as well. The other, and then the other title rival binned it in the wall when the race restarted. It was a bonkers season. Um, and I know Formula 2 is bonkers as well, but um, I think the thing that people are thinking here is that there's been a lot of talk that uh, Williams said they didn't need pay drivers anymore, which I think a lot of people were like, oh, that's... Violetty fee. Yeah. But then I guess if George goes, um, they've got the seat there and it could be Latifi and Nick DeVries. Where's Bottas going? Alfa Romeo. I reckon, maybe. You reckon? Okay. Yeah, um, I think Nick definitely does deserve an F1 seat when you compare to, to Latifi. I, I kind of, yeah, I was thinking, mate, in terms of does he stack up to the Landos? But you don't have to be a Lando or a George or a Charles Leclerc to get into Formula One, do you? So No, and we've um, seen some people maybe have slightly less incredible careers and then be amazing in Formula One. Uh, Kimi is a good example of that. And Alonso wasn't exactly you know good everyone thought it was really good but he got into formula one and it wasn't like yeah i think now nowadays you have these wonder kids don't you like george russell and charlotte claire where they just won every single championship on the way and you're like well these guys are absolutely amazing um but then, but then i guess, I guess Stoffel argue, van Dorn did that right and and what happened to him so yeah. i think he deserves a shot at it definitely and you never know he could surprise a lot of people and Win the world title at Williams. Win the world title at Williams uh, after George leaves and doesn't get a point at Mercedes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we laugh, but uh, there's pain there. We've said that so much that it's just like manifesting it now. Absolutely. It'd be uh, quite the... uh quite the transition for Nick to go from Formula 2 to Formula E and then to Formula 1. That's uh, that's probably something that no one's... Formula E would be would, would milk it as their, a Formula 1 feeder series. Oh, God, like... no, they couldn't possibly. <laughs> Surely not. Anyway, moving on. Elliot R. Harris, who, in your opinion, has to impress the most to keep their current F1 seat in their team and remain on the grid next year now? <laughs> Yuki uh, Sonoda. <laughs> yeah, Yuki is definitely won. Uh, Antonio Giovinazzi is probably another. Absolutely. Kimmy's gone. Kimmy's finished. Like he's he's packed his bags already. Hundred percent, surely. Giovinazzi is a difficult one for me because a lot of people think he like. I see a lot of things where people say he's massively underrated and stuff. And yeah, he he did have he was great in F two. And unfortunately, Alfa Romeo, you just they've just never been there where you can actually see someone's talent. So maybe next year if they have a good car but for me Giovinazzi is one of those people where even just one race a little bit of spark where maybe it's wet or something happens you know we've, we've I know Ocon was very very fortunate to win the race but you know th- these kind of races we've had quite a few bonkers races where like Gasly's won now Perez won in the racing point 
Ocon got Ocon won, and then even he got on the podium, didn't he? In that race, here Lance Stroll's got a lot of podiums. I know that car is not as good, but you know, even if there was one race where he finished like fourth or fifth with an amazing, which should have been Hungary, right? Yeah, he was he was sat in P four behind Latifi. Was he? Yeah, yeah. Giovinazzi. No, oh, sorry, I thought you were Sonoda. Sorry. Oh, sorry, yeah. Sonoda. sorry. No, no, Giovinazzi, yeah. Giovinazzi. So, oh, yeah, Giovinazzi definitely wasn't in P4. <laughs> no, I was going to say, he would pitted for Wets. But, yeah, he's one of those drivers where you're just waiting for something. Something, yeah. Uh, and he's been in F1 two years now? Three years? Two years? Three? I'm trying to think. Let me have a look because I don't want to get it wrong because I'll definitely know about it. Uh, <laughs> three whole years in Formula 1. Yeah. And also did a couple of races in 2017. So that's quite a long time to be in Formula One without, yeah, maybe having like a proper breakout race. Mm. Frank's barking at something at the door. He, um, he loves Giovinazzi. And he he loves Giovinazzi so much. Yeah, but yeah, you, you make a very good point about Giovinazzi. Sorry, I thought you'd then transition to Sonoda somehow. But uh, yeah, <laughs> and you just, Antonio just hasn't had that sort of standout race to go, wow, okay. You know, there has been crazy races and just not really turned up which is which is a shame i mean to have one point i know kimmy's got two this year but to have one point after so many crazy races this year probably not what alfa romeo were looking for because kimmy is very much you know he's he's not finished in terms of alfa romeo getting rid of him but i think kimmy's just like you know in full kill mode now enjoying f1 and he has his moments doesn't he but then even you, you could argue kimmy's had like the odd moment where you know he went from last to first in uh not first but like fourth or whatever yeah. it was at Portimao and yeah you're kind of like wow this is this is amazing whereas yeah still waiting for that from Giovinazzi maybe it's unfair to judge him when like the car's not there and maybe when it's a more balanced field we might see something and yeah. then as for as for Sonoda I think we've said it many times like he is definitely under pressure uh because he just needs to stop crashing i mean if i look at his last results they're fine if he can keep finishing there and not have his crashes i think he'll be all right it's you reckon okay yeah, yeah I, it's I an interesting that, one yeah because I, I think the team it does seem like the team like him a lot and um i know this is red bull but um franz Tos, you know seems like he wants to keep them both on uh and I think if he just keeps picking up solid points, he'll be fine. He just needs to like show that improvement. Um, yeah, because the crashes are much more costly this year, as we mentioned with the cost with cap. The cost cap, you know, because yeah. he went from kind of overdriving the car to now feeling like he's underdriving the car but still crashing. It's it's a bit of a weird one, but uh, of course, yeah. If he just manages to stop that, show that okay, the first half of the season, you know, learning, just getting used to Formula One. Second half, if he can just calm it down a bit uh, i think they they might they might well just stick with him because he has shown glimpses of of potential but just maybe not enough not enough yet uh, another person that's probably under pressure so we've got sonoda latifi giovinazzi that's pro- uh, danny rick i mean in some ways danny rick because i mean lando's on 113 points and danny rick's on 50 i wouldn't say that they're going to get rid of him at the end of this year but i feel like if he continues with his run of form for the rest of this season, McLaren might start to question whether they, you know, whether they made the right decision, because if you've had, if you have Carlos Sainz in that car, McLaren are clear, clear third, third yeah. place in this constructors. Um, 
it's just not been good enough from Danny Rickers. And that hurts my heart to say because I yeah. love him and I really want to see him do well. But he just his hasn't been good enough. I think his reputation will save him at least for a year. And then you get into the new rules and it's a maybe more equal playing field. And that, and then I guess then he will have no excuse of, well, Lando's driven this car for two years and knows exactly. it inside out. Then we'll really see how he stacks up. Um, but I think a lot of teams, yeah, will just um, maybe stick stick with the with the kind of drivers and see how it goes into next season. Give them a chance when hopefully the grid is a lot closer and they can prove their talent a bit more. That's the dream, anyway. Um, if, if you know Mercedes don't end up five seconds clear of the entire field and there's huge performance gaps because someone's no. found this double diffuser and no. all this stuff, uh, hopefully not. Uh, now Williams uh, or Braun GP it. You yeah. watch Nick de Vries, Vries world champion. Yeah. Absolutely. That's <laughs> a thumbnail. Nick DeVries, F1 champion. <laughs> uh, and finally, uh, at NJR10 underscore SV5, what is your take on F1 possibly having more teams in the future? Of course, a lot of teams are leaving Formula E at the moment. Mercedes being the, the most recent to, 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 to basically decide they want to just focus on Formula 1, which is really bad news for Formula E because, you know, they brought on these big teams. Was Audi, is Audi dropped out as well? Audi B- and BMW. Yeah, Audi, BMW and now Mercedes. Like, they are big manufacturers to lose. That, that was what they, that was their bragging rights, the manufacturers that they were pulling in. Exactly. And, and to think that they are losing them when electric is the future and all that, especially on road cars, you know, that is what electric cars, they're being developed by every big manufacturer. For them to then lose those uh, those manufacturers from Formula E is, is massive. A, a sucker punch as well for them to say the reason is for them to focus on F1 more as well. Yeah, I know. The Mercedes so, to actually say that. Uh, because that's always been the excuse of maybe other people that they don't think F1's road relevant and they don't want to do that. And that's normally what you hear the opposite way. But we've, we've had, I mean, this happens every year, that every time they do new engine regulations and they discuss them i think they had represent uh representation from audi and porsche i want to say um i mean 50 60 70 years time there'll still be news stories of could audi come to formula one it's just that thing that's just been around forever where any new rule changes for some reason audi are the ones that everyone always says would they come to f1 uh, I don't know personally. I, the one thing that's quite interesting that's happened recently is Alpine said they want to supply engines to a team, and looking at the grid, not really many they can. So maybe that's an opportunity for a new team to come in, whether they think that's viable in in this area. Because it would be nice to have m- more teams. Because having grown up with you know twenty four car grid and used to way back in the 90s you know you have people like trying to qualify for the races you know 30 30 drivers but now 20 yeah it would be it would be nice to have a new team because then it gets more people on the grid and then you don't have to worry about these these drivers that are really talented and can't get on the grid because i think that's the problem is 
a lot of teams need money and there's not many spaces on the grid. So that's why you don't always get, you know, the 20 best Formula One drivers or best racing drivers in the world on the grid. So I certainly hope so. So do I. It, having a big manufacturer like BMW or Audi or whatever coming in would be huge news for Formula One. And it's always good to have another big player in the game to stir some pots and have a few more arguments. Although, you know, at the same time, you did mention that is it viable for them to do this, especially in the current climate with COVID and everything? Pretty much everyone's making a loss. You know, it's probably not the best time to join. Uh, but... I think the worry is as well. I mean, I'm just looking at who's in Formula One right now and thinking Haas are the only new new team that have kind of come in and... What do you mean, make... Aston Martin? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Aston Martin were Jordan. Williams yeah. have always been Williams. Alfa Romeo were Sauber. All these these new teams are just, they're buying old teams. So... It, it's it's a lot more than it, it takes a lot I, I wouldn't be surprised if we had a new team if god forbid like red bull decided to pull out of formula one and someone there took over their factories and stuff yeah. but it is such a massive commitment if you look at mercedes and red bull and even in a cost cap era for them to say right we're going to make a formula one team and build a factory do all this we saw that with toyota didn't work they thought they could throw loads and loads of money at it and win very easily and they did not so it's a massive gamble and it's sad really because it does kind of feel like it's going to take a lot to get a new team to actually want to come to formula one a lot (laughs) It is, yeah, because it costs a huge amount of money, as you say, and it's a big gamble. And getting that infrastructure in place, that's why, as you say, that's why you see so many you know, big teams and players buying an old team because they've got everything that they need. Doing all of that in this current climate is just probably not something that seems feasible to any manufacturer. So maybe in a few years, uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to see it, but um, we will see. Uh, Tommy, I believe that's, that's everything. Unless you it have is. Any other... I think no, I think we've had any breaking news. George, George, been announced or anything? I uh, don't think so. No, no. no? Uh, okay. probably tomorrow. As soon as we were umming and ahhing whether to do this podcast today or tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's definitely going to happen, it... isn't it? Definitely. Um, but it's been a pleasure. Tommy, what's your final thoughts? Um, bring back F one. Yeah, bring back F1. No, we've got, well, Le Mans on this weekend, so I'll be watching a bit of that. Um, I'm going to be in Cyprus. Not, not that that's the worst oh, thing in the world, but I'm flying and going to miss probably all of it. So a bit of a shame, really. Uh, I don't think Soph will be too happy if I stick on Le Mans at uh, 2 a.m. <laughs> on the and, beach. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'll try. Don't get me wrong. I will try. But uh, yeah, that's obviously exciting, Le Mans. Um, we've actually got a video coming out tomorrow. Uh, on the uh, F1 drivers you never knew raced at Le Mans, so very exciting. And Reckonson, uh, Maldonado. No, it's not really. Well, was, <laughs> when did the uh, the Lord the Savior <laughs> race uh, in Formula One? Anyway, thank you so much, Tommy, uh, for your wonderful thoughts, and uh, thank you to uh, you guys for for joining and listening once again. I think next week will be a lot more full of. Uh, well, actually, no, it's going to be Hopefully. Tommy and Katie. So uh, you know. Well, for the Saturday it would just be, qualifying watch-along. We're not yeah. doing a podcast, are we, before? 
there better be news because me and mine and Katie's imagine our final thoughts and then that as a podcast without you that should be a very interesting um situation where just like who's how are you all right yeah Yeah. um so what have you been up to yes you'll probably do a podcast end of next week won't you maybe friday again after free practice so uh yeah enjoy that uh, everyone with uh, tommy and katie Uh, there'll be the qualifying watch on saturday as well with tommy and katie and then i'm back for internet's best reactions on sunday don't you worry i wouldn't miss that for the world and of course we have our podcast again that next monday make sure you check out the silverstone track experience in the description below and uh, we'll see you very soon thank you tommy Bye. This is very weird because my webcam is. <laughs> my Zoom meeting came up with playing music? Question mark. That's, uh, that's, that's so how, tuneful. That's how good the tune was. Ah, 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 ah,